If you can take it, you can make it. That's what Jackie, AJ, Berna, and I were saying to ourselves to make it through an entire screening of today's Cohen-written, Jolie-directed prestige pick, Unbroken, on today's Accept the Mystery. JFIO presents. What? Are you kidding? We got us a family here. This ain't no cool, huh? Okay, I'm not going to sit here and debate. I'll show you my life on my mind! You will find a fortune. It would not be the fortune you seek. I suppose you think you're when I've raised hell, you know it. Something is very wrong. I don't want Santana Abraxas. I've just been in a terrible auto accident. What's the most you ever lost in the coin toss? Sometimes knowledge is Accept the mystery. Cohen Brothers podcast. Welcome back to Accept the Mystery, a Cohen Brothers podcast. You heard Jackie say it, now you're hearing me say it. We're saying it multiple times. Jackie's <laughs> dimming the lights because yeah. she thinks it's too bright in here. That's what I thought. Are you hungover? No. Okay. That's Just so check. rude. I don't know. Was that a rude question to ask? Yeah. A little bit. I'm a lady. How dare you? Yeah, ladies don't get hungover. God. Okay. And I'm Russian, so I don't get hungover. So that's how's that's that? true. That's a really so that's, good, why I'm not that's a really good point. I was just like, do you really think it's too bright in here? I thought no, it was, you know why? I can't because wa- that light on the bottom is like against the wall, and it's always in my peripheral. It's a little too bright. Oh, in you my know face. what? Yeah, we do have a white wall, so it's kind of reflecting yeah. at you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like, I like the choice. I liked it. See. All right. You know what? I'm backing off. Okay, I, I respect that's your right. I respect your Step right to off, I respect your right to not be like squinting the entire time. That's right. Look, this is it's the Coen Brothers podcast where we talk about every Coen Brothers movie, even the ones that they just wrote and Angelina Jolie directed mm-hmm. in like absurd, ridiculous, crazy, crazy levels of detail. My name is yeah. Josh Richmond. Sitting across from me, Jackie Luck told say <laughs> my lovely co-host, and talented and intelligent and. Amazing. Keep it coming. Every, um, <laughs> uh, spectacular. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Hmm, um, Just say wonderful. Effervescent. I'll take it. All right. Thanks, a, Josh. You're welcome. Hello. Um, also, also lovely and talented and effervescent is my guest today. <laughs> he, our guest our, today. Our guest today. He's a writer and improviser with the UCB Theater. He um, And not only that, while researching him on, online, I discovered that, like me, he has harbored a long-held desire to play Dungeons and Dragons, but never found enough people to play with. Oh, God. Which has been true with me, like, my entire life. So I feel like I can bond on that. Oh, man. I feel bad. I can update that. <laughs> I actually am DA- DMing a campaign currently. Oh, my God. Uh, I, uh... Josh, uh, get in on this. Recently, probably, like, three months now, been playing. AJ so. Berna, by the way, Dungeon Master, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, no, I just... I I always thought that sounded cool, but none of my friends were dirty enough to play with. Yeah, totally. I <laughs> almost had a group start in college, and then the guy who was going to DM it got expelled for pot, and it just fell apart. Ah, boo, oh, boo. And it's okay. impressive to get expelled from my school for pot, though. That's like we had one guy who had like fifteen infractions, and his final punishment was he got sent to a better dorm where there were less parties. <laughs> in my high school, I remember a kid got expelled for selling like highlighters that he'd taken the highlighter part out and put like cocaine in and Whoa. sold it to, sold it to kids. Oh, nice! Yeah, that's impressive. But I was yeah. like, hey, that's kind of tricky, you know? Like way to way to disguise your, your, your efforts. You just mm-hmm. you know you're in the middle class, and he's like, hey, bud, can I borrow a highlighter? Sure. Very um, Lester esque. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I unfortunately am only on episode six of that so far. Me so too. That's exactly yeah. where we, we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been watching it with a friend, and our schedules do not line up. So it's been about three months since we watched the last episode. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying it's like guy. something Lester would think of: stick some mm-hmm. cocaine in a highlighter. <laughs> Survival skills. Yes, <laughs> and that's how you, that's how you survive on the tough streets of Milken Community High School. That's my, uh, right. My, my, my Jewish <laughs> private school. <laughs> one of two, uh, yeah, one of two kids who got expelled. The other one was like a two kids who were found like banging in one of the bathroom stalls. 
Nice. Got expelled. Only one of them got expelled? No, they both got expelled. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the girl got expelled for being a slut, but the yeah. guy was saluted. <laughs> how, how can you, how can you seduce promoted. this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Student council president. You're yeah. valedictorian. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're creating a new position for you. It's just called nice. <laughs> uh, so, listen. Let's dive into our first segment where we ask our guests questions loosely inspired by the movie of the week. It's called Inside AJ Burner. <laughs> So today's movie, Unbroken, um, at one point, Louis and Louis Zamparelli, who's the hero of her story, and two other guys are stuck on a raft, and they're trying to keep each other sane, and Louis starts off by describing his, either his answer is Grandma's famous gnocchi. Uh, that was his mom's. His mom's, mom's gnocchi. Damn, yeah. Josh. Mm-hmm. I for, okay, I know. I, saw, I just watched yesterday, and I'm already forgetting these details. Jeez. Oh, shows, you, shows you a lot about the specificity of this script. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, do, AJ, does anyone in your family have like a famous signature dish? Ooh, uh, I would say there's two things. One, uh, my mom makes a tuna salad casserole, which mm. is very good. Ooh, and then like- every Christmas, uh, our tradition is at Christmas Eve we go out to eat at the Outback, and then Christmas morning we have monkey bread, which is like cinnamon. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, no, our family does monkey bread too. Uh, and normally Wait, she what makes is monkey it. Bread? But... It's like um, St. Patrick's Day for some reason. Okay. When is when we have St. Patrick's Day we have monkey bread? Uh, it's basically it's like uh, you get biscuits or some sort of like breakfasty type bread like that, but you chop it up and put like cinnamon and butter and mm-hmm. just like sugar it's a little it's, like a cinnamon roll i guess yeah but it's just the it inside of the cinnamon roll. Uh, i heard i've heard it's called uh, monkey brains as well because it looks like <laughs> oh. monkey brain mm-hmm. huh. i've never heard of that uh, i actually this year did try and look up the etymology of the word mm-hmm. but it didn't really lead to anything interesting maybe it's just because it looks like a big mess like it's like yeah. monkeys tried to put it together it's true huh best guess i can make yeah, I, I guess if monkeys made bread, that's what it would it be. It would be that. <laughs> Figured it you know, if you, put a, if you put a thousand monkeys with a thousand bread bowls and a bunch of bread ingredients, <laughs> what do they come up with? They come up right. with monkey bread. I like it. Jackie, does anybody in your family have like a signature? Yeah, I was, well, I feel like my family is Russian. There's no specific dish that anyone is like super famous for, but there's like a few key dishes that my mom or grandma or great grandma will make. So it's like... Um, Something it's called golubtse, so it's like meat wrapped in cabbage, and there's also like sounds stuffed. really Russian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it's really good. You put sour cream on top of it, and it's delicious. Um, and then there's also like golubtse that are made um, out of like bell pepper instead, so it's like a stuffed bell pepper with the meat. Um, that's really good. And then there's also borscht, but I think like my grandma probably makes the best borscht. No offense, mom, I love you too. But yeah. If there was an interfamily competition. Yeah, I mean the grandmas are good. The gra- you know? there's a thing. There was like the 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 greatest generation, I feel like it. They just like yeah. they got they they just these recipes that had been passed down from like generation to generation for hundreds of years. I think it's there's also the element of like they probably put more of the unhealthy stuff in there. No, it's actually pretty healthy actually. Yeah, okay. yeah I borscht, been, I think borscht is healthy. Borscht is yeah. healthy. All those other foods are pretty healthy too, but um it's also just like they're really time consuming. So like mm. making the meat, putting all the ingredients, wrapping like, and I've done it with them before, but like wrapping all those leaves around the meat, you know, it's all very like time consuming. That's what thing, I think it is. I think that's what our grandparents have. Yeah. That we lack is, pati- yeah. is patience. And it's mm-hmm. really time though. Like it can take hours. 
Yeah. So yeah, just know. the ability to just like sit or with like you know just slowly stirring something for like hours at a time mm-hmm. to make it exactly perfect. <laughs> but there's like such a list of other Russian foods too, but it's okay. Basically, Russian foods. My my nana is like a world class chef. She makes like a really amazing brisket. Mm. Um, it's got like a little bit of a little bit of tomato paste and onions, and it really falls apart. Like yeah, you, you pick up even so a even a piece on your fork, and the whole thing falls apart. Oh my god, it's I'm really starving. juicy. I want that. Uh, it's good. It's so Can good. She cooked for us next time. <laughs> Well, you know what? Like, if the three of us are ever on a raft together, I'll I'll describe her recipes in, in, in detail, just Deal. to keep just to keep us all Thank sane. Thank you. Mostly, when I was coming up with interview questions for this particular one, most of them were like "what ifs," because uh-huh. this is really a movie that inspires you to kind of put yourself in the protagonist's shoes. Like, yeah. if you, so I'll put it to you, AJ. If you found yourself surviving a plane crash with two other people, you're floating on a life raft at sea. In shark-infested water, maybe you've got like a canteen of food and a little chocolate. How long do you think you survive for? Uh, man, I don't, uh, the water is the issue. Because uh, like I'm, I, I, I've got some extra pounds, so I feel like I could probably last decently long as long as I like as long as it rained enough. Right. Yeah. Uh, like let, you, maybe there's like occasional rainstorms, like the rest yeah. of the movie, and they can hold out their canteens and refill. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd say maybe like ten days, fifteen days. Yeah, because I don't. I don't know how. I definitely couldn't go forty-five. Forty-five yeah. seemed. I think it was forty-seven. Way over, was, was it really forty-seven? Yeah. Oh my god, that seemed that seemed way over the top to me. Yeah, to me, but it, it's true. Wait, sorry, go ahead. No, it is true. Yeah. That's the thing. All the details of the story yeah. are true. It's. I mean, obviously, I guess you have food and you have water, so in theory, you could be on that raft for like a year and survive. Mm-hmm. I guess. But it's just, it's basically just having the wherewithal to keep going in that situation where it seems absolutely completely yeah. hopeless. I feel like your mind just starts working against you at a certain point where you're mm-hmm. like, why am I still here? I should just give up. It really is. It's, like a, men- it's a mental game. Yeah, like Mac. Yeah. Mac yeah. who like gave up like instantly mm-hmm. and then was sort of lured back. But then it's like, look, I'm going to die, aren't I? And he's the one who dies, of course. Did, did anyone I think once else kind of think when he ate the chocolate, he looked a lot like Golem? Oh yeah, much, 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 much. Yeah, my precious. But that's a big thing. I mean, like, so I read this book. This is one of my favorite books. It's called *Man's Search for Meaning*, and it's by Viktor Frankl, and it's about his experiences in, um, like, four concentration camps, Mm -hmm. and just talking about, like, because he's a, he's like a psychologist and it's like neurologist or something too. But um, he was like talking about how it's like when you give up, like that's when people would die. So you would know, like, if somebody was smoking their last cigarette, that's it. Like they just decided that they're done and they can't do it anymore, and like that person would be dead the next day. Right. Um, so it just shows you how much it's like such a mental game. Right. To, like, just stay surviving. Just kind of tricking yourself into like, okay, just keep going another minute, keep going another minute. Yeah. I f- I almost feel like the worst just would be boredom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why he like they were saying we got to keep our minds active and that's yeah. what they were talking right. about. Right, yeah. Things, when they were talking about the guys who got captured, uh, saved after 24 days, but they had gone yeah. insane. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's that's me. That's what I feel like would happen to me. Is I'll just be picked up and I'll just be like a gibbering, raving lunatic. <laughs> who can't, who can't, who's, who's assuming that this is all just like the, the fever dream I'm having before dying is the rest of my life. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... I'm gonna say six days. I'm not giving oh, myself a whole no. lot of time. Yeah, Josh. I would. I would be the back of this situation. Oh no, it's so sad. You would have to stop me from eating the chocolate. Oh no, <laughs> I don't trust myself. I can see. That. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I could survive. I think if 47 days has been done, I feel like I could do it. Well, maybe that's another thing too. Now that things. now that we've seen this movie, maybe we'd be like, okay, we know that we could do at least 47 days and survive. Yeah. So that would keep it. That would keep us going. We just keep tying little knots in the rope. 
Yeah, I've, I don't know. I feel like I, I don't know if I will ever be tested in this kind of situation, but I've thought about it a lot, and I think I could survive mentally. I don't know about physically. Well, I guess, I guess it's all mind over matter, so I hope I would survive 47 days. I think I could. Right. I don't know. Yeah, having, having seen the movie actually slowly changes my calculus. It might give me a little more hope. So this is an inspirational movie I think for people who are, who are shipwrecked or like surviving in extreme situations. And very unlikely your ship will be, or your life raft will be shot up at any point. That is true. Yeah. Which that I think is that, true. Was, that was a big blow. Like when that happened, like they took like a lot of psychological damage. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, finally, it's a plane and it noticed us, but they're going to try to kill us even more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. Well, I thought well, they were going to be dead in the raft. I know. When they oh, came yeah. back up. I know that was set up that way, but oh my God, I was upset. So I'll give you guys another what if question. So AJ, if you were a prisoner of war yeah. and you knew state secrets and you're being tortured for them. How, do, you, do, you, do you think you hold out? Do you think you hold ten out definitely? Or, or, or 10 seconds, you just give it all away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, in my head, watching that movie, when he, like, he like drew it, I was like, yeah, that's right. And then he was like, I drew a radio. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, well. I did not. I would have I drawn whatever those controls are. Cause, like, no. I, well, I w- well, I was actually like, man, you're folding really fast. That's what <laughs> that I thought, took, too. That took no time at all. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I have uh, very low threshold for pain. Yeah, that just, uh, I don't ever imagine myself being in that situation, but yeah, would cave pretty quickly. It's weird as opposed to the life raft thing, that one I feel like I could hold out. Hmm. The secrets thing? The secrets thing. Yeah. I mean, what kind of state secrets are we talking about? I don't know. It, it, it could just be as simple as like, yeah, I know how to, how to operate these planes or things like that. Because like that, that to me doesn't seem like terribly important. And like maybe if there was a reason, but like, yes, if they know how the controls work, so what? Do they have those planes sitting around? You know, like Well, you know, they didn't have the internet back then. Yeah. They they would have to just, you know, figure things out from scratch. Hmm. Uh but I think I think I'd be really good at like holding out and holding out and holding out and then pretending my spirit is slowly being broken and then eventually saying, Okay, you guys you win. I'm gonna tell you everything but then I just tell them a lie. <laughs> I think I could I think I could pull that off and be believable. Cause I cause I know what they're I know what they're looking for. I know that they're gonna expect you to hold out at first and then slowly, slowly weaken and weaken <laughs> until you like, give I've it and then you're just a blubbering mass. So uh-huh. I just I just do exactly what they're expecting and then they feel like they did their job right. And I probably don't have to be tortured that much. I could take a little torture. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I don't I mean <laughs> You said you have like a low tolerance for pain. I have a high tolerance for pain because I'm a woman and women do all kinds of horrible, terrible, painful things to themselves What's in the, the name of beauty. Well, all, and childbirth. You guys just have that. Yeah, I haven't had that one yeah. yet. So, but I'm ready. So I have like a pretty good pain tolerance because of that. Although I've never had like any, any like, I've never been beaten up, right? So I don't mm-hmm. really know what that feels like to get like hit in the face with a belt and a stick and all that stuff. So I can tell you what it feels like to be beaten up. Like that bad? Well, not, okay, not that bad. Beaten yeah. up with like boxing gloves and stuff. Oh, <laughs> classic story. <laughs> I mean, I've been hit in the face, as you know, which is why I have a bump um, and socked in the nose. But um, I think I could hold out for, I think I would probably just whatever, let them torture me until I die or whatever it is. Oh, like, so Or just, do like what he did, like what the guy in the movie did of like try to fake him out or something. Right, but right. I don't think I would actually cave on the, the actual secrets. I think so too. I think you'd be stubborn and just kind of hold out. Yeah, I'm pretty stubborn. Or maybe you're like, okay, everybody just assumes I'm dead. By all rights, I should be dead. So maybe you know my my last final heroic act. My life will have some meaning by just keeping my mouth shut until they torture me to death. I also mm. wonder if like where I stand on that, like if it were something because like state secrets, that's a different thing for me. Um, but like if it was something that was important to me, because like I I, right. I think like in mm-hmm. like hearing you guys talk about it, like 
I am very anti-war, so like I feel like I would just be like, "Fuck war!" Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. But, That's true. Uh, I mean, me t- me too. But it, I, if it were like, "Where is your, you know, where where are your parents hiding?" Right. Like that kind of thing. I oh, may that's like. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, that would be a different thing. I don't know. Like I assume I would. I would hope I wouldn't give them up. <laughs> yeah, I guess it would depend on like what the position is that yeah. you're in. Because right, because we're talking about like World War II American yeah. soldiers. Mm-hmm. Like state secrets is like as important right. to them as what we're talking about now. Yeah, too. you know, we're that's that's the thing about sending a movie during World War II is it's like it's the accepted good war. The bad guy's Hitler, you know. Yeah. The uh, the alternative to if they find out the state secrets, you might just be helping Hitler take over the world. Mm-hmm. You yeah. feel like you have some responsibility. It's not like Vietnam where you're like you don't know who's the good guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. <laughs> you have like a real sense of responsibility for it, so. Right. Yeah. No man, if it was like my parents' location they wanted to find, I don't think I don't think I'd give that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they have like psychological techniques and stuff too. They might mm-hmm. be like, "Well, we just talked to your parents, and it turns out they disowned you. Actually, they never loved you. <laughs> um, so if you really want to like stab them in the back, you should just give them, give us their address." <laughs> you would believe them? <laughs> I don't. I don't think. Like, oh, that sounds right. Okay. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life is a lie. Uh huh. All right. One last question, then we'll get into the movie of the week. Uh, so, Louis Zamparelli, he's a world-class Olympic athlete and runner. What is the sport you're best at? Ooh. Uh, maybe racquetball? Racquetball? Okay. Uh, I did tennis a lot in high school. Like, transitioned to that a little bit in college, just for fun. And yeah. uh, So, I've still got, like, pretty good hand-eye coordination, and I've got, like, good form when I hit. Uh, so, if I'm generally playing against other people, like around my like level i ju- i think i can like kind of outplay them a little bit mm. but uh i'm not great at a whole lot of sports i can hit pretty well in baseball uh so okay I mean, yeah baseball tennis racquetball it seems like you're good at just kind of like striking a ball with an object yes that's, that's a good that's a good skill to have that's something i'm really bad at uh. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> i told you my t-ball story but i'm impressed by that i'm like man you see yeah that little ball's coming at you to be able to like hit that thing and actually like a- aim it with any sort of precision is impressive to me uh, I used to be a lot better at that. I also had, like, abilities in high school of the fact that, like, I broke six feet in eighth grade, so I just could, like, go to the net and, like, defend mm. Oh, yeah. Like, you're just, just like going to be, like, first picked for a basketball team no yeah. matter what. Uh, so, but never, never really great at a lot of sports. I remember reading a, a David Foster Wallace essay about tennis, where he really kind of, I don't know if you ever read his stuff on tennis, but he really, it's really kind of clarifying that the differences between how he used to be like a high school really great tennis player but then he got a chance at one point to play against somebody who was ranked like 400 in the world and he just got like and he thought he was like a really good tennis player but he still got completely smoked yeah and just realized that really like even the difference between like a really good tennis player at some level is and and even a not the best of the world tennis player is gigantic oh yeah 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 and it's it's funny that just those obviously it's just little differences in your ability to play mm-hmm. the game, but it still translates into like a huge difference when you're actually playing against that person. Yeah. Yeah. Good tennis players are really good. Are really really good. Yeah, like really good. Yeah. I'm I'm probably best at tennis too, but like, uh, but I don't play enough that much anymore. So you know, it's like I'm rusty and stuff. But if I kept practicing, I think I could be like, you know, like a good high school like player you know what i mean like the best in your high school or something i could be like a good so if you went back to high school you feel like you could be like a really good high school player well i did play on i i played tennis i went to one year of high school and i I played tennis on the team and i was good but i wasn't like 
amazing because I was not even practicing that much either. But I'm saying like, I could see myself being really good in like that kind of setting, yeah. not against the best person in the world. That's or the fourth hundred person <laughs> right. the best in the world. Right. I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> but like, I also play soccer and basketball. And I'm, like, decently good at volleyball, but I don't have enough time to play all the sports I want to play, so then I don't end up being, like, the best at anything, but I'm athletic. It's wasted. But you can still feel, like, maybe on some level, if I, like, spent eight hours a day playing tennis, maybe I would be, like, the best in the world. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, not, like, the best in the world, but I'm, like, I'm good at it, so. Right. I don't know. But, you have but some... everything is about practice, you know, so. Yeah. That's, yeah, I guess that's true of everything. It's hard to know, like, how good you are at something without, like, practicing yeah. all the time, so. Yeah, I had a really hard time answering this question that I that I posed to myself. <laughs> I was like, I have no best sport. Aww. But I do remember being... Chess. Good. Chess is a sport. We've talked about this. It's the sport of kings, Jackie. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but if you ignore that as a sport, I remember in elementary school being really good at dodgeball. Oh, yeah. Dodgeball's um, a sport. But not, but not the actual getting people out. I wasn't good at that, but I was really good at dodging. Ooh, I'm, I see that. I'm nimble and I'm tricky and I'm good at faking one way and then darting in the other direction. And, mm. and so dodgeball games would usually end with basically just, I, it's just me alone on one side and there's like five or six guys on the other side and they're just all trying to get me out and I keep dodging. Oh my and then God, I keep throwing I it back it. and trying to hit them and I'm missing. Oh. And it never ends. <laughs> <laughs> complete standstill. Com- complete standstill. That's so funny. But it was like, hey, this is like my one athletic gift. So I like it. There we go. It's a unique one. <laughs> yeah. Got good fast twitch muscles. I'm, twi- I'm tricky. <laughs> I'm twicky, I almost said. <laughs> I'm a, tw- I'm a Twiggy devil. Uh-huh. Anyway, let's talk about this movie, guys. It's a yeah. segment where we dive into the movie of the week. It's called The Big Review Ski. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is our first in theaters movie we're and covering we on this show. And we did see it together. And we didn't that's see why it I together. Mad. I can't believe we messed this up. Josh, that's why I walked in mad. Uh. It wasn't about the movie. It's just that I came from a movie... Oh, well, I didn't see it alone. I went with my mom and my sister, so at least I had company, but I was pissed not seeing it together. So I felt well. bad, too. I We should have coordinated better. It's my fault. It I, is your fault. I, Everything is your fault. I thought that you were going to be free last night to watch the movie. It turns so out you weren't. And you thought that you, I was going to be free Saturday morning to watch the movie, yeah. and I wasn't. Yeah. So... We weren't able to watch it together. So we tried to figure it out. We couldn't. So oh. we just have to imagine what the other person, how the other person was reacting. In well, the let me tell you, if you don't mind, how I was reacting. I was like crying from the get-go, not from specific things, but sometimes I can be like really sensitive, which today was one of those days. Yeah. So I was just like, even the guys were just like in the plane and nothing really specific. I mean, they were oh, you mean flying. Just, you, mean, you mean just from like the very first like air fight? Yeah, I was crying during the first air fight. Not because I was like, oh my God. Like, nothing, nothing before ab- anyone but, even got really hurt. But nothing, okay? nothing emotional was happening in that scene. Here's what was going on in my head. Okay. <laughs> I have such a soft spot for like, it's really weird. Like I'm so drawn to that like World War II era of like young guys going out to fight kind of thing because there's something oh you just thought, really... the, guy, you thought the guys were cute no 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 there's just something that well oh, they're all cute <laughs> no but there's like I always kind of had that where it's like there's something so like it's like a different time where people are just so much like more sure about like how they feel. So like all these guys who are out there fighting, like really believe in it. And it's not like how we would all be today, which is like, these wars are objectionable. We don't want to have anything to do with this. It was just like, there's something about that feeling and that there's, atmosphere that like it always gets to me of like young guys going out to fight. There's, a like, cer- there's definitely a certain earnestness about that kind of greatest yeah, generation, like baby boomers when they were young. It pulls on like, my heartstrings. Where they really like, you could tell like, you know, they're fighting for what they believe in. They believe in their country and like a bit. Yeah. To me, like, and they're all going to die. And so like that, I know that too, when I'm like watching right. it, I mean, they, 
That's one, true. Some of them survived, but I was like, but I know like, bad things are going to happen. Right. And you're like, like not all. When you see any war movie, you're like, not all these guys you're getting introduced right. to are going to make it to the end. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's why I was just kind of like, oh, <laughs> like already. So definitely, it would have been very interesting for you if you watched it with me. <laughs> for sure, the first big thing that jumped out to me was like, I feel like this is a movie that could have been made in 1950 and and been yeah. almost exactly the same. That's yeah. kind of true. It felt yeah. very. It felt almost like a a product of the times of of this generation. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah, it was very propaganda-y almost. Like it was like, look at how look at how strong we are. Look at look at how hard we work. Yeah, yeah. It feels like something that like the U.S. could have bankrolled. Is like, look at the bravery of our young soldiers yeah. fighting to defend the country. Yeah, but and, they were brave. That's what's they, so sad. That's the thing. They were brave. Yeah, and, it, and they were fighting the good fight. So it's hard to it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's bad propaganda. It's pro- in this case, it's propaganda that's probably justified. I guess. Yeah. Uh, I will say the plane scene, uh, like that, the dogfight at that point is probably my favorite part of the movie. It was uh, that was, it was great. It was a great, so opening. well shot. It yeah. Was yeah, very like very well shot. Uh, very intense, mm-hmm. uh, and there was like a sense of scale to it. Like you very, it felt real. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking like this is like Howard Hughes' dream. Like this is like yes. the, this is like uh-huh. this is like the movie he's always wanted to see. Is this dogfight <laughs> that's happening right now? Yeah. yeah. And it is, there is a sense of scope to it. It is incredibly well shot. Angelina Jolie does have, uh, not only the Coen yeah. Brothers as screenwriters, but Roger Deakins, their cinematographer. Oh, helping, yeah. oh, wow. Helping film this thing. Yeah, it was good. The cinematography was it, good. Which made it look good. Mm-hmm. It looked good, and... Except for the, well, we can get to it, but the rafts and the storm oh, yeah. part. I was like, guys, CGI has to be better than this. There like, was I a, don't understand. I'll agree with that. There was a little weak CGI. Uh, I even think almost the entire raft sequence didn't work because it was so tight on them. You never got a sense that they were like stuck in the ocean. It like felt oh. like they shot on a pool. Well, well the, sometimes it would pull out, but not too much. To be fair on that, we're seeing the whole movie from his perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you're on that raft, you don't, you don't, you're not going to see like a giant wide shot of the whole wide ocean and see yourself as a Well, you could yeah. see him looking around though. Which like, the, he yeah. did once. Yeah. And then he did once again at night, yeah. which was more awe-inspired than like, Oh, mm-hmm. we're trapped in the middle of nowhere. But uh, that to me was like, that felt the weakest because I was like, ah, oh, there's, I, I kind of get that it is from his point of view. And so right. maybe like, that's why. But like, if there had even just been like one shot of just the scale of everything, I think it would have like that. isolated them a lot more. The raft, the raft scenes were actually my favorite scenes in the movie. Okay. But I'm also a sucker for that kind of story. I really, I liked Life of Pi for the same reason. Mm. And I liked Open Water, if you ever saw that, which was like the the tourist couple that got stuck in shark infested water. Oh, yeah. Something about oh, just, no. lo- something about Lost and Sea stories really resonates with me because mm-hmm. it's, su- it's such an elemental conflict. Yeah. Just like mat- pure man versus nature. Yeah. I love I it. I was really impressed. And and uh, yeah, so even like a poorly told version of that story can resonate <laughs> with me. This was like, good enough for me. But I didn't think those scenes were incredibly poorly told. It's you know, I mean, you know what's going to happen. You knew yeah. probably one of them wasn't going to make it. You know yeah. that they're just going to get hungry or and they're going to fight with each other a little bit and they're going to get start losing hope. But well, they didn't fight that much. That's the thing. They, they could have fought more. They didn't right. fight that much because because what's his name? Because Louis was such a good leader in keeping everybody yeah. calm. Being yeah. like we're gonna we're gonna share this and we're gonna keep our mind sharp and yeah. we actually it actually was kind of inspiring yeah i think it was maybe it's just because like the movie is so literally like the story is like literally inspiring almost like okay (laughs) you know like no this is inspiring so it feels a little cheesy so i could also see why like a lot of people be like okay this is kind of a boring movie or didn't like it or aj you'll tell us how you feel too but (laughs) i i mean i couldn't deny how it made me feel so i was like all right i liked it i've got no i had mixed feelings there's things i think this movie did really well and things that i think the movie did not very well at all Mm -hmm. um 
I will say it's a very different experience. We have this is we haven't watched any of these on a big screen, and it's a very different experience watching them on a big screen. Yeah, it's a lot more immersive. I know. We should get a big screening room. I know. I almost wish we'd been able to see things like uh, like Oh Brother Where Art Thou on like a giant mm. scale and really immerse yourself. Yeah. Um, it was cool to see trailers. Did you guys see the Fifty Shades of Grey trailer before yours? Yes. I, you know what? I just saw. I walked in at the end of it because I was a little bit late with the rain. Nah. Rain in LA, you know? Of course. But I just, well, I walked in on it saying like Beyonce's song or whatever, and I was like, yeah. okay, fine. Uh, yeah. that, I laughed pretty hard. I know, I was, I was like... cracking up at that, I know. It's uh, the only thing. The, it's just like, yeah, Christian Gray, and he's like, I just can't take my eyes off of you. There's, oh, something, there's, something, there's something fascinating up. about you. I would have thrown up. I'm glad I was late. By Beyonce. By Beyonce. That's when I walked in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, God. That and, uh, and what's it called? The, the new Michael Mann movie, Black Hat, which oh, is just a. Yeah. Uh, I'm just gonna be Thor looking at computers and, and, yeah. and saying like, "Okay, hack the mainframe. Are we in the mainframe yet?" <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, I lo- I love movies like The Net and just movies that sh- that have people just like really tense action movies that just have people staring at computers. <laughs> and that seems like yeah. a really good version of that movie. That's so funny. Yeah. But uh, but that yeah, but that took us into this movie, which I think I I'm glad we saw it on a big screen because I think I liked it more seeing it on a big screen than I would have on a small yeah. screen. It is kind okay. of a big spectacle-filled movie. It's a very old-school movie. If nothing else, I give Angelina Jolie a lot of credit. I think she did a fairly good job directing this thing. I think so. Not, I mean, incredibly, like, distinguished, or, like, she had, like, a strong voice, but in terms of actually just making all these things happen and bringing it to screen, everything looked good. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, for me, my biggest problem uh, was I don't think the direction was bad, I don't think it necessarily matched the tone of the script all the time that like, cause it was shot very like hyper realistic. Like it was, uh, in yeah. kind of that, like, you know, rose tinted glasses way, but it was like very right. like, this is real. This is happening. Um, yeah. Very, and, very, very like you are here. You're in the moment. Yeah. And I think there were moments like the brother, like saying like his inspirational things he said, and there were a few other, uh, different people would say stuff like that. I think the sharks also, felt like artifacts of like a Cohen brothers type movie of like if they'd been shot unrealistically they would have hit a lot better it was like they felt it was like okay. hearing someone be like you can temporary pain is worth <laughs> it for greatness like that just sounds cheesy but I feel like it's one of those things where like if someone like a crazy older brother like the realism made it sound not worse. I think it, okay, I think I know what you're saying. Like, oh, so if this had been like a Coen Brothers production, they would have taken moments like that, but not done it with a straight face. They would have yeah. known that there's something kind of weird, silly and artificial about this. Angelita Jolie is playing it 100% straight. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was cheesy too. Like the... Yeah, oh God, all, I mean, all, the, all the backstory stuff was actually pretty they, hard for me to sit through. Yeah, I, the flashbacks <laughs> stuff was pretty cheesy. Although I feel like they so either cute. should have been cut or just done first before the plane. Like, I feel like telling it out of order made it feel like a lot like, here's the moral we're telling you. Here's like here's why he can survive it, as opposed mm-hmm. to like, if it had just been chronological, I feel like it all would have hit harder. But like, the plane scene was the best part. Like, it hooked, <laughs> right. like... I get why they did it. I almost that's wanted, why I think so. It's, right, because you want to start yeah. with like a big, exciting scene. Yeah. But then, so, yeah. but then it's like, yeah, the plane starts going down, and I almost expected like a freeze frame, and then like narrator would be like, "Hold up, who is this guy we're watching anyway? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's go back in time and see his childhood." Yeah, I, I just, I agree that that is a cheesy way to do it, and I was thinking about that too, especially because like the flashbacks were so cheesy. But I don't know if it would have worked as well if they had done it chronologically because of that impact that we yeah. just said so because i was thinking about that too for like an idea i had and i was talking about this with my cousin about like 
how I would start something out, like a screenplay. And she and she doesn't like the idea of a flashback in it, but I'm starting off in like in a really emotional moment that's like very like similar to this where it's like something explosive and then it's like a flashback to like why this is all happening. She's like, oh, I don't know, flashbacks are so cheesy, like you should start it from the beginning. And I'm like, nah, I don't know, because then I just, I don't, I don't feel like it would have the same one thing impact. that's One thing that's kind of become a trope mm. at the very least since like Fight Club is like where you start at the end of the movie and then you flash back to the beginning and then tell the whole story and then you end up back at like the beginning. Yeah. that That's, I think, been a little bit done to death. Yeah, um, but I don't. I mean, but this if you're one, but if you're just starting close to the beginning of the story, and then you then you move into a flashback, it can work. I think I think it would have worked if the flashbacks were more interesting. They're just, yeah, what, they just weren't saying anything interesting. I they were also and they were very on the nose for what they were trying <laughs> yeah, to say. Completely yeah, on the nose. Oh God! The every, every time his brother said any sort of yeah. quote to him, I'd be like, Oh gee, you think this is going to come back in the third act of the movie? <laughs> uh, I I will also say probably my biggest pet peeve and this more is in tv because like fight club i don't think is a problem uh and most movies that do it have a stronger reason but like my worst like tv trope is that when it's like the first three minutes are like here's the crazy climax but we're gonna cut before we resolve it and then yes it's like two days yeah, later that's, that's what i'm talking mm-hmm. about yeah um and i think uh it's especially bad in tv though just because it's like so like it is i think on like uh, procedurals and stuff yeah they do, they all do but that it a takes lot. it takes all the suspense out of it which this didn't feel quite like that because the suspense was still there was still a lot to happen um but that kind of thing i think can really like undercut what you're trying to do because you know there's no stakes until they get to that moment yeah uh which like uh the good guys literally every episode was that <laughs> I never, I never saw that. Oh, it was all yeah, right. I like Bradley Whitford. So. Yeah, no, I. But I know what you're talking. A lot of yeah, yeah. a lot of shows will do that. A lot of yeah. a lot of movies do that. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of you know. Besides that, there really wasn't a whole lot of narrative trickery. Everything was everything was very on the nose. Yeah. Um. Everything was really surface level. There's no there's no subtext here. The themes are pretty obvious. It's just all about endurance and the triumph of the human spirit. And yeah. Um. Yeah. About the flashbacks too. Just talking about it. Like I think that they make sense, but. I don't know if it could have been played a little bit better because like I think if you are like maybe gonna crash or die or whatever or you're like in those really hard circumstances flashbacks is like actually very natural like much more so than in other types of plots because it's again in this guy's head like he's yeah, his life is that's flashing all you're before be his thinking eyes about. Right, like you're right. just gonna, you have no you have nothing in your present you'll be thinking about the past but I'm I think that I agree that there could have been like a more interesting way to do that and mm. not make it be as on the nose but anyway I'm defending right. the flashback at least as a tool. Right. But it, as long as it was something besides, oh, you know, he had a hard childhood. People called him WAP and Dago. Um, yeah. And then he beat up kids. And uh, But then he uh, learned to find himself. And he said, I'm nothing. And his brother's like, you're not nothing. You're going to be something. Yeah. And they started running faster. And, the, and soon people were like, who is this kid, Zapparelli? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just, he's a tornado, this yeah. kid. Yeah. And then he's in the Olympics. And he does exactly what you think he's going to do in the Olympics, which is he starts out a little bit behind. And then he runs faster and faster. And he eventually gets a pretty good finish. And yeah. Yeah. You could, I could have told you the entire flashbacks before the whole thing started. Yeah. I almost wish like the more interesting part of that was like watching the family like i almost wish like he had gotten on the train and then you only saw the family like watching the olympics like or listening to it i had uh, i had a lot of moments like that throughout the movie where some where we'd have a short stop at something i'd be like i really want to explore this yeah we didn't have there was like there was one scene that was in a like 1940s tokyo where uh, you know yeah. he's, he's going yeah. to like the radio station and he's like in a restaurant. I'm like, wow, I don't know what Tokyo looked like in the 40s. I, bet I had be... a big question about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. I bet this would be a really interesting world, but we don't see really any of that. Soon we're just mm-hmm. straight back in the prison camp. Yeah, I was going to ask whether 
how westernized they were was accurate. I really don't know. Yeah, I also don't know. But if yeah, it's inaccurate, I would have, I would have liked, I would have liked to see more about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, all the women and all the men, like even when like <laughs> they walk in, they took their hat off. I was like, yeah, I just don't know. But I just wonder if it was like that kind of really westernized culture. Because mm-hmm. we're the enemy, so I don't know why it would. Be. I I don't know. I'm still not. I'm still not totally sure why they let it do that broadcast in the first place. Maybe I missed something. Uh, I know that they wanted him to later do like the propaganda broadcast where yeah. he was saying "Death to America," but they didn't yeah. do that the first time around. Uh, potentially, maybe to like prove he's alive as a bargaining chip. Yeah. And then, right. Uh, I think it's also just like a different kind of torture in the sense of it's like give him everything he could possibly want, and then just ask him to betray his country yeah. to keep getting it. And so I think there okay. was that, like, uh, that element of, uh, of it. I could see that. I could see how it's like, okay, you give him a little something and then he gets a taste for it and it's yeah. going to be hard for him to not sit, not yeah. want more. Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, I guess we should start talking about some of the, this prison camp, prisoner of war stuff, which takes up most of the second half of the movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought, uh, uh, the bird, uh, excellent. Like he, like the acting was great. He was very like yeah. weird and yeah. He was yeah. atten- he was I mean for one thing he was like the only other interesting character in the movie. Yes. Nobody else seemed to have any real uh facets of their personality whatsoever. Yeah. Which is very very disappointing in a Coen Brothers script cuz they're they're so good at usually having these quirky interesting characters that fill out the margins. Yeah. Well, I think like those other guys who were in the camp had more potential we just didn't spend enough time with them. Like I had a question of like why there's so many Australians. For, there was like two. I mean, I guess there's you know there's Australians fighting in the war alongside Americans, so it makes sense. Oh, I guess. I guess I just for some reason I assumed everyone was American, and then I was like, yeah. I actually Australian think, Americans. I actually think you know, like Australia, like their main fight was like against Japan. Oh, so they weren't Americans. I was. Yeah, they I probably just, couldn't send troops across the world right. to fight because if they sent too many yeah. of their troops, they would have been easy to invade. Right, right. No, that makes sense. Okay, cool. But that, that but would yeah, have been something you, to explore more, right? Because it's like, we have Australians and Americans. You've got, and like, all a, this. You've got like a whole camp full of soldiers. And, yeah. and, you know, you see like Bird is trying to like turn them against each other. And you're like, okay, you know, maybe these guys have different personalities. Maybe some of them are more cowardly or some of them feels like, you know, hey, I'm kind of running the prisoner of war camp or whatever. But you never really get that. Yeah. Everybody's just kind of like, we're all in this together, buddy. And let's hold on and hope in America. Yeah. Uh, Did you guys, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but at the end when they announce the war's ending and they're all like washing in the river, uh, in the background, one of the guards like pulls the bayonet off and like, it felt like he started to almost commit uh, seppuku. Uh, But it literally like he pulls it and then it looks like he's sheathing it, but it's like, that's a bayonet. You don't have a sheath for that. And but then it cut before anything I, happened. I just thought he was. I, oh. I know what you're talking about. I just thought, I thought he, was, he was sheathing it. I thought he was okay. sheathing it too. I did uh, not. I did not think he was about to kill himself. That would have been a great moment if, just as the allies are about to come, like all the Japanese soldiers just killed themselves. Uh, well, just like yeah. it cut too soon for me to know, and it was just <laughs> oh, like it was like weirdly <laughs> highlighted. Yeah, but, I noticed that uh, too because it was weirdly highlighted. But I yeah. didn't think about. But it like it himself. cut at this point. Uh, sorry, uh-huh. you can't see this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but like, right. it cut like where it either would be going into the sheath or into his belly. Right. The true story, because uh, I looked into it a little bit, uh, Zamparelli, uh, he thought for the longest time that the bird actually did commit ritual suicide. That he that that's what had happened, and didn't find out for a few years that he was actually still alive and in hiding. 
Or well, you know, Warcraft. yeah, I mean, when Zapparilla, yeah, he goes to his room and he just sees the yeah. room empty. That's what I thought, too, actually. Yeah. I thought maybe this guy has just kind of disappeared and gone up to kill himself, but we never get that payoff. Oh, I thought yeah. he just ran away. And it turns out he's been alive the whole time. That... I kind of wanted I wanted to see that reunion or that potential reunion. Uh, I wanted to see him go back yeah. to Japan, and that sounds he like actually, a really interesting story. Uh, yeah. He uh, met with a lot of the guards uh, afterwards and like forgave them, uh, but the bird refused to meet with him. Right, uh, that's what they said in the disclaimer yeah, yeah. at the end. Uh, but apparently, because uh, I talked to one of my friends about this who really enjoyed the movie, uh, the differences between the book is that uh, the movie really makes it like him standing on his own and like the real life the book gives a lot more credit like there were guards who like would give him blankets and it wasn't like he didn't do it on his own and it, oh. it de-emphasized like right. the fact that my, uh, that Mac when Mac dies on the boat uh, I didn't pick up that it was because he f- fended off that shark, but like the book really implies that like I he didn't spent, pick that up either. That oh. he really spent his last energy to like fight off the shark, and that was oh. why he died. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They really could have clarified that detail. Yeah. yeah. Which is, makes sense, like when you think about it afterwards, but like in the moment, did not. Yeah, like, it wasn't I didn't connected get that enough at all. to like because there was a long enough beat between it where it didn't feel connected. Yeah, I wasn't like, okay, I'm exhausted. I gave you everything I had. Go on. Yeah. So, but so mm. she so she read the book, but and really loved the movie too. Yes, because it sounded there were issues, but yeah, right. Like she liked both. Because I have a feeling, I have a feeling that I would read the book and think, "Man, this guy's got an amazing story," and then watch the movie and be kind of annoyed by all the details they're missing or getting wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because it does. It sounds like there's so much stuff that they're skipping over just to just to focus on, essentially, just a really hard, tight focus on all the hardships and all the all the pain this guy went through. Also, did you guys think he had an arc? Um, like from I feel like from well, the moment when he like decided to win the Olympics or whatever, right. he really never gave up after that. Like his whole point was he would like tough things out, and like the end was him just like again deciding to tough it out. Right? Yeah. No. His his arc is just okay. Do you? Can I take more punishment? Hmm. It turns out I can. No. It's just how much can one guy take? Really. That was the point of the flashbacks is just to see him as a kid that like he changed from his childhood to his present day self. Yeah. But there you go. The whole arc is contained in that flashback, essentially. Yeah. He'd never wavered, really. So there's none of that. I mean, I was so impressed by his calm on the raft. And I'm like, man, this guy's really cool and calm under pressure. And then, like, only after a couple days in the camp, he starts kind of, you know, crying and breaking down. And I'm like, I guess I don't blame the guy because you are, you did get out of this incredibly harrowing situation into another incredibly harrowing situation. Yeah. I would start breaking down, I guess, a little bit too. Yeah. Did some of the stuff going on in the camp seem almost not that bad to you guys? Am I the only one who would think that? Wait, what? Maybe I'm like, maybe my, like I've been numbed by things like Game of Thrones, where I'm like, man, they're really torturing people on that show. Compared to this, they're just beating them up a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there was like, <laughs> there's definitely some abuse, but I think officers were treated better in prison camps than uh, enlisted men, because they generally were kept separate. Right. Uh, and I think that was just like, uh, kind of a, uh, general like tradition uh, is that officers are treated better or are like given both more leeway and more uh like more amenities i was because um, i was just thinking man the japanese could be treating these guys a lot worse mm-hmm. um they're still they're keeping them all together they're letting them form friendships you know they're putting on like little plays for themselves and entertaining yeah. each other and having yeah. races and um i mean obviously they're you know they're being they're in forced labor and they're being horribly abused but still there's enough moments of levity there where you're like this isn't this isn't theon Greyjoy. this isn't as bad as it could possibly get mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, I guess maybe they're just, like, not showing how much people are maybe getting beaten up or not. I mean, I guess if they're not showing it, they don't want you to feel that. But, like, some of the beating up was 
not pleasant. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, especially that guy, but the bird and his stick, yeah. just kind of whap, whapping that guy, whapping him really hard a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, and like the belts and everything too. The punchline. Yeah. Right. But not much in the way of like psychological torture for the most part. Really just the physical stuff, really just a whole lot of beatings. I think they could have shown more of that. I think that's what my complaint would be yeah. is because you're walking away with that perspective of like, maybe it wasn't that bad-ish, maybe. Uh, my worst nightmare is basically being put in like solitary confinement in a supermax prison mm-hmm. where you're like, you're totally alone and you're just mm-hmm. left to rot and slowly go insane. Yeah. Compared to that, this seems almost not so bad. Not like yeah. I would, not like I'd be having a really fun time at a fucking prison. Yeah. Camp, I think I think it's what we camp camp okay, it's like fun camp. But I, but I think what we oh have, camp was hard for me. I'd rather be in this camp than in like my old in my old summer camp. That was <gasps> those ki- those kids were camp. brutal. Oh my god! Uh, but I, I think I think what we have decided and figured out is that Japanese prisoner of war camps are worse than our current prison system. No, I yeah. no, I'm saying yeah. our current prison system is worse than Japanese prisoner of war camps. Wait. That's what I was trying to say, but <laughs> yeah. I said it backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our, that's, our that's prisons a, that's are That's 100% yeah. what I'm saying, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I guess it depends if we're talking about solitary confinement or like oranges and new black. I mean... I know that uh, this film is controversial in Japan. I know that there's been some called a ban the movie because they, the Japanese feel like they're being portrayed stereotypically and kind of just like a massive evil, which... Maybe but it's they, that kind of well okay may, well, again aj maybe you have a point if you're saying that there were like officers who were actually kind of going out of their way to help the americans or mm-hmm. befriend the americans you definitely didn't get that impression from this movie where no. there, every no. japanese soldier is just kind of uh, another faceless enemy for our american heroes yeah i think uh i mean you even saw from when they were in the plane and up until the moment they got picked up in the boat Anytime you saw the Japanese, you literally didn't see any face. You just saw the other planes. You just saw right, right. Uh, so yeah, I I, and I think like the cuts they made make sense for the story they were trying to tell. But it also felt like a lot of times they were trying to be like super accurate at the expense of story. And the the cuts they made, I think you could make the argument then are kind of racist in that sense. Yeah, like if, if you're just making arbitrary cuts, like the story you tried to tell kind of leads that way exactly if you are if you are trying to be so true to this guy's like amazing true story then every time you do change a little detail like that to make the japanese seem worse than they are Mm -hmm. it's kind of a little bit racist perhaps a little Uh, bit at least again i just don't know if it's racist or more just like enemyist as in like america (laughs) will be very like well this is our enemies they were just our enemy like they're they're just taking out some of the humanity of the enemy i don't i mean i don't know if it's specifically racist no i think that's a good point i think because of the story they wanted to tell no matter no matter who we were showing as the enemies if they were the germans or if they were like i don't know the unicorns or whatever no matter what we'd have to make them a faceless enemy yeah yeah i I don't know though i'm trying to think of like nazi movies i've seen and i feel like there's almost always like the sympathetic one too though right that uh not unlike uh, the avengers Oh, like a wait, like the the Marvel Avengers? Yeah. Is there Nazis in that? Yeah, they're like supposed to be Nazis. Are you thinking? Are you thinking Captain Captain America? America. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. My bad. bad. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. But like Uh, Captain America. No, 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 no. There's there was a sympathy. Um, I I forget everything. Okay. The the like the short scientist German. He's like the sympathetic one. He's kind of sympathetic at least. He like gives away some secrets and stuff. Hmm, I guess I don't remember. It just wasn't yeah. the overall vibe I got, so I don't know. I think we just tend to be like that when we have like a war movie. We just make the enemy very like. Uh, yeah, I but think but like, that's it also, true. It glossed over like 
we were committing a lot of atrocities while that was happening. Right, like, right. You even kind of saw the firebombing, like, not to the same extent, but when they walked through what had happened, you still never got the sense... Like, that was probably the only time where it was, That was, was like, a, a beautiful shot. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was those, great. Of those ruins. But, yeah, uh, you do get a sense of, like, yeah, we just... We fucked up Japan. Yeah, but there wasn't ever that sense of, like... You never saw the characters be like, oh, maybe this is wrong. And, like, as our surrogates, it... There was never that condemnation that, like, maybe we shouldn't have firebombed every city there. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's easy to, like, Sunday morning, 70 years later, quarterback <laughs> a war. Sure. But uh, I think, like, to some extent, it is easy to draw, like, uh, it wasn't an even-handed portrayal. It was definitely Americans are the heroes and these guys are evil monsters. Not to mention no mention of uh, the atom bomb that was yes. presumably, like, just dropped before these guys were freed. Yeah. yeah. Although that, <laughs> that, to a certain extent, made sense because they were, like, putting that coal... Uh, the coal factory or whatever that was, and uh, were completely cut off. Like they had no idea how the war was going at that point. Right, and and you could I could you could argue, and I guess I could argue from the Jolie slash Cohen perspective that the whole the the point of the way they told the story is we're just we're trying to show this guy's perspective. We're just trying to do a tight focus on this one guy and the hardships he had to endure. But I think this this movie could have benefited from a wider perspective. Mm-hmm. I think at a certain point we got the idea. Yes, this guy has to deal with a whole lot of shit. And he's staying unbroken. And then we just kind of see that beat being hit over yeah. and over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, the I mean, title like, itself is like... Right, yeah. Un- I mean, I just made a face that doesn't translate, but I just kind of mean like an eye-rolling face. I think, I think, like, the, I, think the, I think the listeners knew what face you made. Yeah. They could, they could tell. They could tell by that kind of silence. <laughs> I mean, this was one, like, the climax of the movie is when he, like, lifts that board over his head. Yeah. And that's in the trailer. That's in like, the poster. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah that's literally, yeah. 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 I know. That's how I was like, this is much. This yeah. is a little much. But then I still felt good after the movie. Actually, so. Could, yeah, well, to talk about that moment for a second. So, yeah, he's totally beaten down and he can barely lift this thing and then he's holding it and soon everybody stops and they're watching him. But by the way, yeah. the, the cards should be disciplining them. Like, get back to yeah. work. Yeah. They, they wouldn't just be standing around, who, what's going to happen to this guy? This was a very, it? like, American movie moment, which makes me say I yes. hate movies because it would make no sense for it to actually happen, but yeah. And then all of a sudden he has this big burst of strength and he lifts it higher and he goes, Aah! Yeah. And then, and Bird, uh, you know, he has this little freak out moment of like, why won't you fold? Why are you so brave? And then he just starts crying. Yeah. Or, well, he beats him for a while. He beats him for a while. Is he really, is he that upset that this guy is like not folding under his psychological pressure? Is that what's going on? Well, I think he feels really challenged by him. <laughs> so, which I think they could have. But They were a- exploring it like head on, but not really very like in a deep way or like in a yeah. it was a very one sex way it was just yeah. like I'd say they were looking at it without saying anything <laughs> yeah they were just sort of like oh you seem tough well i don't want you to be tough and i don't like that because i want to be the toughest because he's saying something about like you know having a friend or like right he considers yeah. a friend but it's really like i think he was really struck by obviously like his character and probably the fact that he doesn't have that same level of character and he's jealous or anger there's something mm-hmm. about it it's like a little bit deeper that they just didn't really get into as much yeah but. it's not like it's not like zamparelli was really being all that rebellious or like spitting in the face of authority or trying to lead riots he's basically just doing the same thing as every other soldier just kind of soldiering through well he looked mm-hmm. up at him at first that's why he realized there was something different about him because like all the other soldiers are looking down right and he was like looking up at him to like see who he was and i think he just kind of saw something different that and i also him. just got the sense this guy's like oh he's an olympic athlete he thinks so he thinks he's better than me but <laughs> It was, it was, this was before he knew he was the Olympic athlete. 
Oh, I thought he knew he was an Olympic athlete from like the very beginning. I don't, I don't think, think so. At that point, no, because no. then he asked afterwards. They were like, "Ooh, we have three special people. Who, right. Who's the opera singer? Who's the Olympic athlete?" No, but he but he said, "Who's the Olympic athlete?" And then he like he looked at Louis and he's like, "Who's the Olympic athlete?" Like, raise your hand, buddy. Yeah, I don't know if he knew ahead of time or not. Well, I mean, he could have. But also speaking of that, it was an opera singer. Yeah, and like, why do we never get an opera singer? Like, I feel yeah, like that, that, never, that like, never came back. The chef, yeah, the chef didn't come back. Yeah, yeah. There were missed opportunities. A lot of a lot of missed unexplored threads in this like two hour and seventeen minute. Yeah, movie. that's what I was gonna say. That it was already so long, so I guess they like didn't do that. But but they could have they could have trimmed a little bit of the this guy is beaten down. Moments. Also, like the reunion between uh, the pilot and him, uh, like. I feel like we should have seen that. Like that was just like yeah, in the like, yeah. These guys, these I guys. I mean, I was said, happy like, they did in the epilogue. At least we've got some. They're just like, but... oh, they're still friends. But I was like, oh, I kind of want to see that the, moment when these they guys meet again. went through such trauma yeah. together. You want to see that moment? We were, yeah, we were completely denied that. Yeah, there were a lot of interesting avenues this movie could have gone down that they didn't. They should mm. have like a part two, so we can see like other parts of that. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> if you if you really want to see that. But you know, a, I was thinking about the pilot a lot too, that's why. But in a in a lot of ways for a lot of this stuff I played the Coen brothers and it's it's hard for me to say that, yeah. but I feel like most of my issues with this movie were script issues. That yeah. I feel like this yeah, yeah, yeah. the the dialogue could have been a lot more interesting, the characters could have been a lot more interesting. Those touches, any sort of weird idiosyncratic touches would have improved this movie drastically because it's not like it didn't look good. But I wonder I wonder with a script like this at a big studio like how much of it was like they turned in their first draft and then the studio was a little nervous and had that like had someone else like script doctor it like i don't know well it's not what happened i can tell you exactly what happened okay so this movie was was uh for a long time francis lawrence from who directed the hunger games was going to direct this movie this movie by the way has been bouncing around studio to studio since 1957 Universal Studios bought the rights to this guy's what? life in 1957. Wow. Because like we said, this is a movie that like could have been made way back in the day. It's like a perfect yeah. just patriot, patriot yeah. war-boosting movie. Um, never got never got made. Uh, Louis Zamparelli finally died last year. I thought he was never going to actually see the movie get made. But it, he was able to actually start seeing it get made just before he died, which is kind of uh. cool. But they were going to make it with the Hunger Games guy. And they brought in two directors... Um, What's his name? Uh, Richard Lagravenez, who wrote The Bridges of Madison County. Mm. And uh, and then, uh, what's his name? William Nicholson, who wrote Gladiator. And both these guys have kind of taken a pass on the script. And then Angelina Jolie decided, okay, I want to make this movie. Mm. So she came on board, and I'm like, okay, I'm finally going to bring this guy's life to the screen. But we need a better script. The script that we got right now is kind of crap. And so, and she was extremely choosy about the writers she wanted to work with, and she spent like months going going on like a search for writers who could who could uh, script doctor this thing and make it better, mm. and finally got the Coen Brothers because huh. she's Angel- Angelina Jolie and she can do that. That's what we need to do. Yeah, but we're not Angelina Jolie, Damn so it. we can't. The Coen Brothers essentially just they just kind of script doctored the movie. They just went over the script that had already been made and mm. worked with Angelina to kind of make it to her specs. And uh, I have some quotes on it. They said, uh, this movie is really a motherfucker. Um, <laughs> kind of a diff- kind of ob- would be very difficult to produce. We're very glad we're not producing this. There's aerial combat. There's a lifeboat on open sea. There's something good about being able to write whatever you want without having to worry about having to think even the back of your mind about the reality of production. I know that Angelina Jolie instituted like a no swearing rule for the, uh, for mm. the dialogue. Huh. Because um, she wanted it to have, again, I think kind of a very retro feel. Huh. She said she was very inspired by Sidney Lumet. 
particularly a movie you made called The Hill, which I think is kind of a POW okay. movie. Um, but also also another kind of, you know, big classic retro Hollywood war movie and yeah. very, very cleanly shot and very just kind of here's the facts of what happened. And she was really trying to emulate that style. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think she's probably responsible for ironing out any of the weirdnesses because yeah. I don't think she wanted a weird movie. Uh, I would argue this movie probably would have been a lot better made in 1957. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, but it was shot so well because of current oh yeah no no those. but i think like yeah, yeah if, they could, if they could send like roger deakins with a modern day camera back to 1957 yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be like the perfect version of this movie yeah yes. yeah yeah agree i will say it probably would have been a lot more racist made then like <laughs> that's true not that's... it's not it's not great now but it definitely would have been a little worse it probably would have been uh probably a white guy playing bird i mean good i mean now it's not like we don't do a whole lot of whitewashing in hollywood yeah. movies now you know but I guess so if I'm going to give the Coen brothers the benefit of the doubt, I'm going to say maybe they had like a real turkey of a script to work with before. And well, I think it's also it's a very specific type of story, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't this isn't a quirky story. So right. In a sense, it's a it's a very strange project for them. It's yeah. not like a normal project that they would do at all. I mean, and they admitted, hey, you know, we're just kind of friends of Angelina. We did her a favor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like true grit is like the closest thing they have, I think, to this. Yeah, no, undoubtedly, out of their out of the official Coen Brothers movies, yeah. that would come closest because yeah. it's another very retro, old school feeling. Mm-hmm. Big but it movie was still touching. weird. I mean, it was, right? It had it had quirk, and well, but that's why the Coens wanted to do that in the first yeah. place because they were adapting a, a book and a movie that's already kind of weird to begin with. True Grit has those weird kind of quirky characters, like mm-hmm. Rooster Cogburn. This is not. This it's an amazing story. It's a it's a story that I totally see why you'd want to make a movie out of it, but it's not like a weird story. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was like as we were talking about all these parts of it, the reason like I feel like I walked away liking it even though I thought like I would probably hate on it because that's just the way I am. I think just cuz overall the story, especially because it's true, and even if it weren't true, really appeals to me to have like just that human triumph and journey and all of that does appeal to me. But it's not like it was like told in the most complex or nuanced mm-hmm. way either. It was like very nail on the head, very, you know, right. direct. But I, I think I really liked the story, even if I didn't love all the details myself either. Like, I was kind of like, eh, that's okay with me. Mm-hmm. For the purpose of what this movie is. Yeah. So. Yeah. I honestly, yeah. I, uh, I, came, I came in with really low expectations and yeah. I, I ultimately liked it more than I thought I was going to. Uh, when I was home visiting my parents, they were like, do you want to go see this movie? And I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Not. So yeah. that was how I was going into it. And, yeah. Uh, I bet my grandparents would love this movie. I bet they would absolutely love I this movie. I think my parents would like it. I think yeah. uh, it probably was better than I was expecting, uh, but still wouldn't, like, wouldn't recommend it. I, again, like, yeah, if, if you're a grandparent who's listening out there, I totally recommend it. I bet you would love it. I bet you would think this movie is the greatest thing ever. Um, it is a great story. It's a great story that they're telling, and they're telling it cleanly, and, and I mean, this is damning it with faint praise, maybe, but it's not like they made it hard to watch at any point. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, the depictions of like the Japanese soldier and the wartime stuff, and a lot of this stuff could have been a lot more cringeworthy. They could have been trying to put in like you know cheesy jokes and puns and stuff, and they really didn't. It wasn't a funny movie, but it wasn't a horribly unfunny movie. It right. may, I mean, it may be the most accessible Coen Brothers related movie. Oh, like financially? No, no, like accessible is like. Oh, ex- like, oh, ex- oh, accessible. I thought yeah, you said yeah. successful. Oh no, I I don't know about that, but it's uh, it is a very like traditional movie yes yes i would definitely say that yeah. um so which means if you're listening to this you might like it 
It's totally possible. I think you could like it. I mean, my 15-year-old sister liked it, and my mom liked it. And my mom usually hates American movies, too. So that was surprising, because I kind of expect her to also be like, ugh, this, like, you know, on-the-nose storytelling is annoying or whatever. But um, she liked it. We didn't talk about it, because we just, we all left the theater, and I ran over here. Right. But, uh, so <laughs> I haven't debriefed with them yet. But it, it seemed like everyone, like, liked it. We were like, okay, yeah, no, that's a good story. Like, I th- couldn't argue with the story, especially because it's, like, a real story. So you're like, yeah. okay, this was this man's life. So mm-hmm. I think if you heard the synopsis of the story, and you're like, hmm, I kind of want to see that. I'd like to know more. Then you're not going to walk away from the movie disappointed, exactly. It gives you exactly what you're expecting. Yeah, although I thought I was going to hate it. So, you know, if I could walk into a movie thinking I'm going to hate it, but I don't, there's hope for anyone, I think. But Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and ultimately, I guess I, I wish it had been slightly less predictable. Um, yeah. I, guess I, I guess I wish that I hadn't known exactly what I was getting and then got exactly what I thought I was going to get. Uh-huh. Um, but... I actually didn't really know what it was about in my classics. Even though it's that's nice. a movie it, that's out right now, no, I but don't I pay attention to anything in my surroundings. Look, so I, I didn't spoil really you know. on anything. You didn't. But yeah. the world didn't either because I just wasn't paying attention. I was like, oh, we have to watch Unbroken because yeah. we have to. But then I was like, oh, Angelina Jolie is directing it. Mm, I don't know if I want to watch this kind of thing. <laughs> like I just was like being judgmental. Mm-hmm. And then... I didn't see any trailers. I didn't even read a synopsis. Only until I went online to buy tickets yesterday did I even know that it was like World War II. Like I had no right. idea what it was. <laughs> a lot I'm of people good at this. A lot of like, people's knee jerk reaction to Angelina Jolie as a director is, "Oh, I bet she can't direct." Yeah. Men, is that sexist? Maybe that's sexist because I no, have I have the like, same knee jerk reaction. I don't know if it's sexist. I'm, I think it's just because it's Angelina Jolie. Like it's not because she's a woman. I mean, I have the same reaction when I when I hear Johnny Depp's directing a movie. Right. I'm that's like, what I, bet, I'm I bet he's not going to be great. I would probably be more afraid of Johnny Depp than. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say though, after after that like playing scene, I was just like, man, she like she's got the chops. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not easy. It's yeah. It's not easy to stage a big production like this yeah. and have it come out good. And it helps that she's got to be like Roger Deakins on her side, but still. Uh, yeah. Credit where credit's due. I yeah. mean, she did a totally credible job yeah. with this. But I really, I mean, and going back to that playing scene too, which is why I like that it started off on that tone is because it just drew me in like right away. Not just because it was dramatic, but even just the way it was shot, the way you could see the pilot's face. It's like, I didn't have any way to know ahead of time that this pilot was going to be one of the survivors, but just mm-hmm. the way that he was shot, something about him drew me in too. So th- even just like watching him try to steer the plane was like getting yeah. me emotional. I mean, seriously, I was like crying. Like it was really weird. Like just, I, I sort of know why you were crying during the first scene. I don't understand that. At it's all. not like I was like sobbing, but it was just like, I was like thinking about how like, Oh my God, it's like all these young guys on a plane and they're like off fighting this war. And I was like, they're all on a plane. Shut up, Josh. I was having like, a really girl, 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 like situation. And it's not even hormonally related. Okay. I think it's just because I have ovaries and something happened. And I don't know. Like, I drank a lot of wine yesterday. Like, maybe, I don't know. I have no idea what's happening. It you was saw, weird, you, you saw Jack O'Connell and your ovaries just kicked into high gear. I don't even know which one Jack O'Connell is. He's was. the main guy. Oh, okay. No, he's, like, not that cute. He's fine. But um, <laughs> I thought, he, I think he did a really good job with the movie. Yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's great in Skins. I have not watched. That's the British yeah. soap opera. I have not watched yeah, that. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, it either. But I'm just the saying that the pilot is so good. Just like the way the pilot was yeah, yeah. shot, just the way that you could mm-hmm. like see the way he was acting in the situation, the way he was just like obviously trying to like he's save the, the plane. That's and the same. That's the same guy who ended up on the raft with him later, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he just, was, he's good too. Just the, but even in that first initial scene, I was just I don't know. So that's why there was I can't exactly place what it was, but something about that direction, cinematography, communicated the characters in a way that got me crying. So there's another, that. Another thing that I think like threw me a little bit is like 
religion seemed important early on and then like vanished from it for most of the movie only to come back at the end to be like oh yeah he kept his promise to god yeah Yeah. after a while and i was like he prayed like a little bit yeah yeah. and apparently yeah according to the guy's story like he was like a very very devout religious believer based on his experiences and you would have if that's the case and you would have liked to see a little bit more of that yeah it seemed almost forget like forgotten yeah although maybe he didn't get religious until after like maybe he wasn't also, talking to God all the time. Literally, the climax is him like holding a board. Like yeah. he looks like Jesus. Oh, like yeah. it's like May- and suffering you know, for and, everyone. You know, maybe they're like we don't we don't want to drive in the Christ parallels too hard. And I guess it's good. I'm glad I'm glad they tried to they erred on the side of making that more understated than really shoving the Christ in your face. Yeah, yeah. I guess I appreciate that. Yeah, I agree. I appreciate that there's a scene where a guy like catches a shark with his bare hands and kills it. <laughs> oh God. That's Come on. That's cool. Mom... That's cool. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked that scene too, but my, my mom was unusually talkative in the movie too. She's not one of those like talky people, but like today she was for some reason. I was like, mom, stop. But like she, when they like caught the shark, she was like, that would never happen. I was like, mom, stop. But yeah, I mean, it's totally unrealistic, but I like it. I mean, it I guess, too. you know, I mean, you're so weak at that point, being on a raft for so long. Yeah, I, I think, I think to shark, catch but... a shark seems almost impossible. Although, I think that may have one. been like a real thing. I oh, think... I have no doubts. Yeah. I think, I mean, even if you are so weak, you have, to, I mean, you're, you just have to get over it. You right. know, like you're mentally, like, you just take over you're just, and you yeah, do pure it. Survi- pure survival instinct kicks yeah. in, and you're just yeah. like, okay, I have to catch this shark with my bare hands or else I will die. So yeah. I'm going to do it. Mm hmm. Oh. You know the triumph of the human spirit again. Yeah, is obviously what this movie is about. Yeah, I can't believe they survived for so long. It's just so amazing. And yeah, I, I can't. Did... I can't believe it either. It's kind. Of, it's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. Two things about details though in that scene. Sorry, because I was thinking about it a lot. <laughs> I was watching like a hawk. You know, yeah. me. The skin. They did a really good job on their skin. Like every single day, they seemed they looked, so sunburned oh God, and so blistered sunburned, yeah. and gross. And I was like, oh, thank you. Like it was very satisfying to watch that. Their facial hair. Why did some of them just grow goatees? I think that just may be what they could only grow. Which is so weird. Yeah. Like, like the main guy and then Mac like only had goatees. Some people only have spotty facial hair. It's true. But the rest was like baby smooth. I also wonder, so maybe if your skin is really burnt up and blistering, maybe that inhibits beard growth? Maybe? No, it was like smooth and then they just had like a goatee. And I was just like, I guess that's how their beard growth is. But it was just weird. Because Phil had full beard, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was confusing. I mean, I'm just saying. I was just curious. It was really sticking out at me. Like, mm, you have a goatee, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, but overall, the detail was very good. Like the way that people looked, just like you know. After yeah. That o- of time. Overall, I think. Overall, I think. Yeah, it looks reasonably good. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that particular detail. I think. I yeah. I think like blisters mess with your beard. I don't know. I don't actually know. Yeah, I don't know. And like their bloody eyes and stuff. It was great. I just like that. I like visually when details work well. So. Angelita Jolie uh, was asked what her favorite Coen Brothers movie was. And? Uh, she said, maybe No Country for Old Men? Interesting. But what I love about them is how diverse they are. I loved when Brad did Burn After Reading. Of course, she has to say that. I was with Billy Ew. when he did Man Who Wasn't There. Oh. <laughs> they have a signature and a certain flavor, but their films are so different. You always know coming into a Coen Brothers movie that it will be something special. Hmm. I, re- I realized, too, that's probably how she knows the Coen Brothers, through both Billy Bob Thornton and Brad Pitt. Of <sighs> course, Of course, there's connections there. I if there also is a little bit of like uh trade in the sense of they were like yeah we'll write this for you you just have to like be in one of our movies down the road i wonder is she gonna be in hail yeah. caesar that's gonna be uh, it's the next official uh, I mean, picture it's like a big star what cast. i could really what see uh next happening is late this year cool 
because I think that's about like old time Hollywood. It would be perfect for her to play like a huge starlet at the time, like as a, in, like a small part. It would be, but she's uh, she's not currently in the cast. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Josh Brolin, George Clooney, Channing Tatum, Tilda Swinton, Ralph Ray Fine, Jonah Hill, Francis McDormand, Scarlett Johansson, uh, but no Angelina Jolie yeah. yet, hmm. at least. But she's there's still time. It's coming out. Oh no, it's coming out February 2016. We got some time. Okay, that's sad. Uh, Wait, when is it? February 2016. It's a year away. Yeah, Ugh. I know. It's sad. Well, hopefully we can see that one in the theater together, Josh, if we just plan it You know what? Better. We will. Let's plan it now. Okay. February 2016. I'll buy a ticket. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, okay, one last little detail before we move on to our final segment. Uh, do you know what Bird looks like in real life? Yeah, because there was a photo of him. He looks like this guy. Hold on. <laughs> the guy who plays Bird. Sorry. He's a Japanese oh. pop star named Miyavi. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> um, Angelina actually said when we were trying to cast somebody for Bird, we were like, we need somebody who can command a room, maybe somebody with a rock star presence. Why oh. don't we look at Japanese rock stars and see if anybody could play the part? And they found this guy named Miyavi, who's kind of an, an androgynous looking rock star. Yeah. I did notice he kind of had an androgynous face, which was curious. Yeah. Interesting. His music sounds like this. Oh my God, this scared me. <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> I'll just play a little clip. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey. Hey. Mm-hmm. Is that really popular? I think it's very popular, yeah. Cool. It's like J-pop. J-pop's a big thing. Yeah. I like J-pop, actually. Wait, I want to get to the chorus. like a hit to me i get it yeah, yeah. i feel it i like it all right <laughs> are you guys have any final thoughts on this movie i liked it as we know i i just like the story yeah i wish it there was parts where there was a little formulaic but i mostly liked it and i'm glad it exists i guess <laughs> uh, yeah i would say if you don't see it your life will continue on yep your life uh, is going to be pretty much exactly the same if yeah. you don't see this movie. It's ex- if you want, just watch the trailer twice. Uh, you'll get <laughs> yeah. a whole lot of it. Oh, or I so disagree. That's okay. Or read the guy's life story. Yeah. Yeah, it seems the, like the book would be good. The book, I bet, is really interesting. Yeah, I want to read that. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a bad experience, but I don't know that I can fully recommend it. Yes. Worth checking out if it's on Netflix. I know that before it came out, people were like, this is a front runner for Best Picture. And Whoa. then it came out, and people were like, it's not a front runner for Best yeah. Picture anymore. No, it's not. It did feel, I think that might have been it. It felt like it was trying too hard. It's got the, it had the Oscar syndrome. It yeah. was like Angelina Jolie wants an Oscar. You can feel it. She's, she's pushing a little bit hard for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,. Funny enough, there's a big controversy about how like a really terrible Jennifer Aniston movie might get her an Oscar nomination. Apparently, there's a movie oh, yeah. that came out this year called Cake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's just I think it's the best act- actress field is so weak that right. it's, uh, 
Then she was like, Jennifer Aniston's like, okay, I might be able to make a push with this little shitty movie I do. Yeah. Whoa. The big story about uh, Jennifer Aniston and Cake is that she's not wearing makeup in it. And it's really... And she's it's oh, really, she's right. kind of like... And she's got like little scars on her face. Uh, really, It's really brave of her. I'm really glad that she was able to, to you know, uh, bear herself like that in a movie. I'm I sure want she, you she deserves to be an Oscar. a woman she deserves and an Oscar just for that. and see how it feels. She's Jennifer Aniston. She's going to look fine even without makeup. Okay. Okay. But that, I just love that that's like the big story that's following her around. <laughs> you know what? Again, Angelina Jolie out of the Oscars. Jennifer Aniston might be in Best Revenge. Sometimes comes late in life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and with that, let's move on to our final segment. Uh, it's where we have a quiz loosely inspired by the movie of the week. It's called Raising Air Quizona. <laughs> the subject of today's quiz is not torture. Thank God it's the Olympics. Ew. So we have 10 trivia questions all about the Olympics. Ooh. Um, and you guys are going to face off against each other. Each question is going to have three possible multiple choice answers. And uh, whoever has the most points at the end wins. You guys ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah. Let's do it. So here, question number one. Back in the original ancient Greek Olympics, all competitors were entirely nude. Uh, because, awesome. In fact, the word gymnasium comes from the Greek word gymnos, which means nude. It's what? like a place where you do like nude activities. Is a gymnasium. That's so cool. Yeah, but there were some exceptions. Not everybody was always entirely nude because some competitors were allowed to wear a, in a device called a kynodesmi. What did the kynodesmi protect? The eyes, the penis, or the anus? Anus. Jackie says anus. Uh, I think I'm gonna go uh, penis. AJ knows what it's like to be a naked guy and fight yeah. the penis. I uh, just thought that might be too obvious. So I was like, oh, maybe anus for some reason. The kynodesmi was, it basically, like, it's a waistband, and it connects to a small leech attached to the foreskin, which restrains the penis during running or combat. Otherwise, it's just flopping around all over the place. Yeah. You can't Yeah, I just, that seemed really logical to me. I just thought, like, maybe you're tricking me, so that's why I said anus. I double psyched you out. Yeah, you did. Again. Ugh, hate that. Uh, question number two, true or false? Married women were not allowed to watch the Olympics or else they would be hurled from a cliff. <laughs> Gonna go false. <laughs> I'm gonna say false also. You guys are both wrong. Oh, God, uh, Josh. That was a fact. Uh, married women <sighs> could not watch it because, yeah, they couldn't watch other guys. It was considered, you know, immoral. But virgin women were allowed to watch. <laughs> just What's mar- the point just of mar- getting married? <laughs> <laughs> Once you're married, you could. There's only one penis you're allowed to look at for the rest of your life. That sucks. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it just like sucks if like you have a society where there's like a gymnos. It's like really then you can't look. It's so stupid. How contrived? Yeah. No guys are looking at each other's dicks all the time because they're in like giant bathhouses where everybody's naked. But girls, so you can't see that. Ugh. Uh, here we go. Question three. The first three Olympic sports in the ancient Olympics were running, wrestling, and boxing. The fourth was something called pancration. So similar to today's mixed martial arts, it was a brutal fighting event with only two rules. Which one of these was not one of the two rules? Two of these are real and one of them was not. Mm-hmm. No eye gouging. No biting. No groin attacks. Two of those are the rules of pancreation. One of them is a rule I made up. Can you say it again? Uh, no eye gouging, no biting, no groin attacks. Everything else is cool and fair, is fair game in pancreation. Mm-hmm. No biting? Gonna get no biting. Both of you guys say no biting? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, no, actually, it was no groin attacks huh. was the one I made up. Groin attacks are totally fair game in pan creation, but no eye gouging and no biting are the only two rules, uh, including, yeah, chokeholds, breaking uh, bones. Competitors died a lot. Oh, my God. All right, question four. Ancient Olympians who wanted a little boost before games didn't have the option of using steroids as they hadn't been discovered yet. So what did they use instead to help get an edge? Bull testicles, hedgehog needles, cocoa beans. I think bull testicles. Bull testicles. You guys are right. Yeah. That's right. Athletes would chew on raw animal testicles before games for a little hormone boost. <laughs> uh, so, guys, so far you guys are tied. Still a tie game. We're guys, tied? Yeah. Cool. Uh, I thought he was winning I was by, one. by one. Are you ahead by one? Wait, which one? Oh yeah, you got the you got the first one right. Yeah. I'm bad at keeping score, guys. That sucks. No, you're right. AJ's up by one. Fine. Question five. True or false? Uh, during the chariot races, lions would chase after the racers to quote unquote encourage them. During the chariot races? Yes. Isn't chariots with like horses? Yeah. The lions would chase after the racers. They would the the people who made the game would have lions chase after the racers to encourage them. But the racers meaning the horses? No, meaning the guys in the chariots that's being pulled by horses. False? Yeah, I'm gonna go false too. Yeah, you guys are both right. Okay. Uh, the thing is, the chariot race was already incredibly dangerous, as is. Uh, riders would be thrown from chariots and trampled, or chariots would run into each other, killing both participants. Oh, my God. Yeah. They were just horrible, bloody messes, usually, like corpse-strewn corpse stadiums after the race. Oh, my God. Um, deliberately crashing into another chariot is technically illegal, but happened all the time anyways. Oh, my God. They should bring it back. It sounds no, actually it kind sounds of exciting. horrible. <laughs> Uh, i'd be like so sad for the horses the whole time no i can't deal with that. yeah i bet actually horses probably died too i didn't think I'm about sure that they did. it's mm-hmm. funny man hearing about like the people dying it's like that's eh, not that bad one. as soon as the horse as soon as the horses die it's like yeah because they're choosing to put their lives in danger for i wonder if they i think because so, you know like gladiators were like slaves mm-hmm. so i think sometimes oh. even the people weren't choosing oh well that sucks <laughs> yeah it's like that's sad. on your hundredth win you got set free type thing Ugh. Right, if I yeah, if I remember the movie like Gladiator correctly, yeah, <laughs> you got to keep winning so you can see your family again. Yeah. All right, moving on to the modern Olympics. Question number six: Which of these will be a new Olympic event next year? Mm. Karate, golf, or roller derby? Ha! <laughs> I wish it was roller derby. Uh, it might be roller derby. It might. Golf. That's what I was going to say to you. Golf. You guys are saying golf? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You guys are right. Yeah. yeah. But karate and roller derby actually both came very close to making the cut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but golf is going to be in 2016. Baseball and softball were cut in, 20, in 2005. They also almost made a return. Did not make the cut this year. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think uh, roller derby has enough of like a worldwide support. Like there, there's yeah. like criteria for each. No, exactly. Well, same with baseball. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, we care about baseball here. They care about baseball in, like, Dominican Republic, but that's it. Yeah. yeah. I almost did roller derby. I remember it. Like, I remember when I had a friend who called me up who thought I wanted, like, thought I would want to do it, and I totally was into it, but then it was such a big time commitment, but then this friend, like, went super into it, and I was like, whoa, that could have been me. Like, I look at her, 
and she's like so obsessed with what her. would your roller derby nickname be full metal jackie duh, oh, duh. of course yeah I have duh, a built in, I have a f- <laughs> of course in why didn't you take it name. that's like the most important part of getting a roller derby is finding the right name it's the i think there's another full metal jackie out there though because uh. I, I snoozed yeah I snoozed. damn it you had your chance yeah you missed it i know all right what country has won the most medals in the winter olympics scandinavia <laughs> scandinavia is not a country <laughs> i know but norway is a country so is canada so is canada so is the united states norway canada and the u.s well my first thought of russia apparently is not an option usually i like throwing russia in as a trick answer because jackie will just go for it no i will not (laughs) i just get mad if it was russia and i didn't pick russia i'm gonna say the u.s all right she said the most number of medals most medals in the winter olympics yeah yeah, I'm going to have to say the U.S. too. You guys, Norway. Hmm. Wow. With 329 medals, U.S. with 281. The rest of the pack is way, way behind. Hmm. Including the rest of Scandinavia. Apparently hmm. the Swedes and the Finns just aren't as good. Norwegians are strong. Hmm. Finns are weak. Hmm. All right, guys. Question number eight. Why are the five Olympic rings blue, red, green, black, and yellow? Those are the five Olympic ring colors. What is the reason? Reason number one. Each color represents one of the five major continents. Blue for North America, red for South America, green for Europe, black for Africa, and yellow for Asia. Question number two, or reason number two, the first modern Olympics featured only five countries. England, France, Germany, Greece, and the U.S. Each of them was assigned a different colored uniform, and the five colors made up the logo. Reason number three, every country that competes in the Olympics has a flag with at least one of those colors on it. C. Jackie says C. Uh, I'm going to say number two. Uh, the one of uh, five countries each had a different colored uniform? Yeah. All right, we got a tie game because Jackie was right. Oh. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Every country in the Olympics has a flag with at least one of those colors in it. Uh, blue, red, green, black, and yellow. I guess there's only so many colors, so you can't, yeah. go, you can't go wrong at a certain point. Yeah. Uh, question number nine. The world record holder in the 100-meter sprint is the Usain Bolt. Ratted at 9.58 seconds. Only a little over 90 runners have passed that 10-second barrier in the 100-meter sprint. Most of them since 1990. Uh, passing that barrier basically puts you in like the highest echelon of sprinters. Uh, how many of those 90-something runners were white? Zero, one, or ten? 90 have done it? Yeah. Define white. Um... Light-skinned, white, <laughs> Caucasian. But like... 10. AJ says 10. I'm going to say 10 as well. Uh, one was the right answer. <laughs> one other white runner ratted at exactly 10.00 seconds, but still didn't get quite below the barrier. Almost all of the rest of the 90 are of West African descent. Wow. Not even East or North Africans, specifically West Africans, for some reason, run faster than everybody else in the world. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Nobody really knows, wh- nobody knows why either. It's like one of those like huh. mysteries of science. That's so cool. Yeah. And then finally, our last question. We're, we're still at a tie game, I think. Yeah. Guys, this is a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. All right. This is about my favorite discontinued Olympic event, which is the standing high jump. 
It's exactly what it sounds like. It's just how high can you jump from a standstill? Oh I kind of wish they still had that at the Olympics because that sounds awesome to watch as people just jump. <laughs> just like standing so you just jump yep. up? No, just jumping up. How high can you jump up? And uh, hmm. so my question is, what is the Olympic record for standing high jump? Is it 0.95 meters, 1.3 meters, or 1.65 meters? Meter is a yard? It's a meter is a meter. No, but it's like about the same size it's as rough, a yard. It's roughly a yard. Don't give me that patronizing a meter. Guys, a meter. the metric system's the only real unit of measurement, okay? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Wait, so say them again. Uh, 0.95 meters, 1.3 meters, 1.65 meters. Jack is 1.3. AJ. I'm going to go 1.65. AJ says 1.65. Did one of you guys win? Suspenseful, guys. So annoying. AJ gets the prize. 1.65 meters was the winning answer. Gotten by American, actually. Uh, Ray Yuri in 1900. Which seems like pretty high, man. Yeah, almost my height. I do not think from a standstill I could jump up to your height. That no. seems pretty much impossible. You know uh, what, though? My <laughs> brothers, now that I think about it, can jump really high. Uh, no, my I'm thought an was idiot. I, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, my thought was I had a youth pastor who told a story about how he spent one summer learning to dunk by just standing under it and jumping. Huh. Uh, and was able to, at like five feet, be able to dunk. And I was just like, yeah, you would have to probably get like four or five feet at least. And I assume someone doing that competitively could probably go a lot higher. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you spend yeah. just all your time, like, you got a coach telling you, jump, <gasps> jump higher, jump yeah. higher, eventually you could get pretty high. Yeah, yeah, like, my brothers can actually, like, they can just be, like, standing in front of a wall, like a three-foot wall or whatever, and just, like, easily jump up onto it. It's, like, really freaky and weird, but they mm-hmm. can both really jump, especially my big brother. I Man, I'm stupid. I wasn't using my oh, knowledge. You were so close, Jackie. I know. It's okay. Congratulations, AJ. Oh, thank you. I know you, were just, I know you just went through like a tough experience watching that movie and sobbing the entire time. Shut You're up. Drained. I wasn't just sobbing the entire time, but it was, it was emotional. It was emotional. I get it. It was like, uh, I didn't have an emotional reaction, but I get why people would, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but it's not like I was having like an emotional reaction to the stuff that they wanted to be emotionally reacting. Like for me, I was like, oh, they're on the plane <laughs> right. and they're soldiers. And then I was like the little kid. There was something about the flashback too that got me emotional too. He's drinking know. liquor out of a little milk bottle. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> it was something. It was something. Oh, and yeah, and it's true. Kid, kind of like, yeah, seeing him talking to like his immigrant parents who were like, why are you so bad? Why are you such a bad kid? I don't know. Anyways, guys, we're wrapping things up. That's like the end of the show, practically. Look, AJ... <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on hey, and talking about this movie. Me. It was awesome it was to get you on the show. Yeah, yeah, it's great. People want to check like stuff out. If you people want to check you out online or see you even in person, where sh- what should they do? Where should they go? Uh, well, if they want to hear about my uh, comedy or my D and D exploits, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, they can follow me at Twitter. I want to know about your D and D exploits. Uh, I'm going to live vicariously through you. Uh, at AJ Berna, B E R N A. And then I think I link to everything else I do there. Um, you know what? That's easy. So just go uh, there. Oh, and I guess uh, if you're in LA, uh, Mock Improv every Thursday night at 11 o'clock. Uh, it's a crazy weird show. This week I played R2-D2 and Darth Vader Jr. Uh, so <laughs> more right. stuff like that. <laughs> Little Darth Vader. Yep. But Mock M-A-C-H. Yes. Yeah. Not like Mock Trial. Right. Yeah. It's at the clubhouse. <laughs> so a lot of fun. Awesome. Cool. Jackie? Um... I don't know. You can just find me by looking at Josh's Twitter. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> How 
How about you know what? Just find me. If you're motivated to, you can figure it out. It's just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just say the same thing every time. Josh will tweet this episode. My name will be in it. Try to find me. That's true. Good that's luck. true. If you follow me on Twitter, that's basically it. Only to AJ too. So you actually don't have to look up either of them. Just yeah. go to my Twitter. Okay, I'm not trying to promote you more above us. I'm just saying I just <laughs> I'm lazy right now and I was just gonna try out this other method of just saying like C tweet and see what happens. That sounds you know what I'm gonna be lazy too. If you guys wanna find me, you figure it out. <laughs> you'll, fi- you'll you'll figure you can figure shit out. Go back and listen to an old episode. You know what if you if you found if you found this podcast in the first place, you probably know what my Twitter is, I'm guessing. So it's on you, buddy. Anyways. <laughs> Things um, took a real turn for the worst at the very end. Just to uh, slowly distance myself. <laughs> yeah. My Twitter is at AJ Brown. <laughs> and I love new followers. Yep. Anyways, you fucking morons who are listening <laughs> hey! to this show. No, hey! no, no. You know what? We hey! love you. We love that you're here. We love we that you listen love to you. us talk about Unbroken. It's going to make me cry how much I love you guys. Oh, You guys. <laughs> I feel like we really got like some special. Us and we have a show and you listen to it. There's only like, you know, there's only like five episodes of Accept the Mystery Love. Actually, that is sad. Let's not talk about that. I'll truly cry. Okay. We won't talk about that for now. <laughs> um, listen, guys, that's it. Thank you. Until next time. Peace and love. Peace and love.